2: On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hey, this is Bruce Kulick. You're hanging with the Growing Up Rock podcast with Stephen Michael and Hollywood. There's a lot of O's in there. Get your popcorn ready and crank it up with extra butter.
3: Hi, this is Ace Fraley. You know, those guys, they change like the weather. You know, six months ago when Paul was asked, is Ace going to be involved in future concerts? He said, absolutely not. You know, the past is the past, the now is now. And the last week or two, he's saying, uh, I wouldn't rule it out. And then another he did another interview where he said... Uh, There'll probably be some old members coming back as guests for the last tour. But he's not mentioning any names. You know, they're testing the waters. I think they're waiting for promoters to come back and say, well, we'll give you X amount of dollars if Ace is involved or and Peter's involved. You know, it's all about money with those guys. Mm-hmm. And they'll be the first to admit it, especially Gene. You know, I said when Doc McGee gets a call, from a promoter and they say, we'll give you double the amount of money with Ace and Peter, we're gonna get the call because, you know, who wouldn't do that, you know? Now, if I come back, it's gonna I'm gonna take my throne back or I'm not coming back. Sure. There's no, I don't do anything halfway in life. I never did, you know? When I decided to leave the band twice, they didn't want me to leave. And, I, and you know, after a week or two, I said maybe I didn't make the right decision. And things weren't panning out that I, the way they thought they would. But, you know, it was too late. Because, like, once I do something, you know, it's done. Well, I mean, I'm reading comments. So a lot of fans are saying if I'm not involved in the next tour, they're not going. Mm. You know, so that's probably making Paul and Zane a little nervous. Because, you know, they want to optimize the tour and make as much money as possible, you know. Touring with Kiss is expensive, you know, because of the elaborate show. So, uh You know, they're probably running numbers now as we speak with Doc. I mean, I can't imagine them trying to do an end-of-the-road tour with the same lineup. I mean, they've been playing for 15 years. There's nothing special about doing one last big tour with the same lineup. I don't get it. I mean, I I told Paul and Gene, I'm the guy now that you've always wanted me to be. The whole career, you know, all the times you've worked with me, you know, I was a screw-up and I was always late and didn't show up on time and miss recording sessions, and I was telling them this year, I'm the guy, I'm now the guy you always wanted me to be, you know? And hopefully it sinks in, you know?
1: Band members come and go, but somehow Hollywood, it seems like it all leads back to the money.
0: Money makes the world go round, baby. Yeah, it's interesting because the only people that don't care about how much money these bands are making are the actual fans. They give two shits about who's making money, who's not, who feels like it, who doesn't. Like the fans just want to have X. The problem is X is different for everybody. Do you think when either...
1: You or me record a solo episode of the Grown Up Rock podcast. Somebody
0: says it's fake grown up rock. The questions I get, are you guys broken up? (laughs) Are you guys not going to be together anymore? Usually the quotes I get is good. It's better with just Hollywood. (laughs) Well, I get those too. I just, I was trying to be nice. (laughs) Hey,
3: I'm doing what I do. You know, I've always done what I do. I'm doing what I do. The way I've always done it. And the way I'll always do
1: it. So this episode is another one of those episodes that obviously people are extremely passionate about. And to me, these make for the great conversation because people are passionate. I don't really necessarily think that there's a right or wrong answer, but there's a lot of different angles, especially on this type of topic, because there were points being made on both sides of the fence to me that were extremely valid. So I was just kind of playing devil's advocate in the chat rooms and asking questions that I wasn't trying to be a jerk. I was trying to actually get the answer out of people. Uh, So if this is okay, then what about this? But the name of the episode is, Is This a Tribute Band? So you want to kind of tell the listeners that are tuning in basically what this episode is going to be about?
0: Yeah. He wasn't trying to be an ass. It just kind of happens. Any question he asks basically comes out as an ass question. But anyways, <laughs> so what our thought process was, it's like, there's all these bands that you know have lost a member, two, sometimes four or five. Some have died. Some don't want to leave the house. Some got rags and riches some other way, and they're not interested anymore. And we just wanted to kind of reach out to the listener base and go, okay, Give us an idea of what you think about some of these bands, right? And we'll, we'll kind of share that when we get into the episode of what bands we were talking about. And I will tell you right out of the gate, when I give my feelings about some of these bands, I'm going to apply X rule to one band and then break that rule with the very next band. Like I'm just going to stick with what I think, whether I'm following my own rules or not. That's absolutely correct, because I think what you're going to find as we get into
1: this and we share not only both of our opinions, but uh, the opinions of all the people that chimed in, which was a lot. It's absolutely no black and white. It's completely gray. And so the one thing that applies to this band is not going to apply to this next band. It's going to be a good conversation for sure.
4: It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight.
1: Tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight comes to us from a band that itself has had a lot of members kind of come and go. 11 to be exact. But this is a band that both Sonny and I are pretty high on. We've always liked this band a bit between the two of us. And that is Buck Cherry. They've got a new album coming out in June called Hellbound. And let's see, the current lineup of this band is Josh Todd and Stevie D. They've been there for a while. Kelly Lemieux on bass, Francis Ruiz on drums, and Billy Rowe on rhythm and lead guitar, which Billy Rowe is from Jet Boys, a former guest on the podcast.
0: I didn't know he was in the band now. Did you know this? Uh, they change members constantly. And I think that happened probably during covid so, we probably weren't going to know the difference. So, this is the
1: new single off the record. I encourage you not just to listen to this song, but go out and watch the video. It's good. <laughs> I like the video, <laughs> it's good eye candy. But this is called So Hot. Ah.
0: So I heard this song the other day. It's classic Buckcherry. This is what I love about Buckcherry. It's got the groove. It's got that Buckcherry flavor. Josh hasn't lost any part of his voice. He's a young guy. He's not going to lose it yet. And I don't know if he can lose it, because I think he's just singing what he would sing. He's not kind of going out of his range. He just kind of has that rasp. Buckcherry is in no way a tribute band to me. Buckcherry is a top 50 band for me, which people might be surprised about. And honestly... I don't need Stevie D. I really just need Josh Todd. I wouldn't know the difference if Stevie was there or not. I'm sure he's a great guy. I've never met the guy. But reality is if they change singers, i probably lose interest.
1: Well, I think where you need Stevie D is I think that the collaboration between Josh and Stevie is really tight. So I think that the sound and the way the songs are written really comes from the two of them. And if one or the other is gone, the sound is going to change drastically with this band. And I saw that Marty Fredrickson produced this record, and Marty's done a ton of stuff, including Aerosmith, Def Leppard, stuff like that. So if this song is the way the record's going to sound i'm really excited to hear the record because i just haven't been blown away honestly by their last few efforts it's not that i've hated them it just hasn't been as good as some of the earlier stuff to me so i'm excited i like this tune so we'll see where it goes from here the album is set to be released on june 25th and it's on eric records and roundhill records there you go a little new
0: buck cherry for you baby And it sounds like it's in a available of rainbow of colors. So you can get any color vinyl you want, basically. That's going to be a big thing
1: going forward. I mean, vinyl is just becoming too big of a deal. So uh, for people that collect vinyl, you'll have your choice of pink, yellow, and orange. How about that? Or black and clear smoke vinyl.
4: Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock.
0: So getting to the episode, again, we went out on Facebook. If you're not part of our Facebook group, we'll talk about that in a little while, but please join up. And basically, we just put a post out, and this is what the post said. We want to hear from you. Share your thoughts. L.A. Guns, Rat, Great White, Skid Row, Foreigner, Kiss, Queensryche, Dawkins, Warren. Are they just tribute bands now that the classic lineups are no longer touring? Are these bands better now than they were versus their classic lineup? Which of these bands just need to stop altogether? Any other bands have the same issue? Do you give the new music a chance? Which bands in this situation absolutely need to reunite to get you interested again? So, you know, right out of the gate, Mark solemn, right? That's too many questions. Why don't you ask one question at a time? It's like, dude, I'm trying to get the conversation going. So, But anyway, so we got a ton of comments and I will tell you, Some of it was very, very passionate. None of it was mean, but there was a Tesla conversation that went off on a tangent. And I I don't even know if Tesla should be in this mix because four out of the five guys are still there. So it was a very, very interesting topic. So start out with some general comments. Gordon Enright said, yes, they are tribute bands and I will not go see them. They can do what they want. We don't have to like it. All right, Gordon. Gotcha. Todd Kowalski said, I really don't care too much who's in the band. As long as a couple of the originals that I like are still in it and it's still rocking. I don't think any of the band pictures here are better now than they were before. Max Lynch says, it almost seems like the voice is the most significant factor. Whether a band is considered a tribute or not. Vocal styling does change the dynamic of the material. So my first question to you is, what do you think about Max's comment? Right? Like the voice does change it, right? Like. Bruce comes in, made and changed. Yeah, so there's a reason there's
1: a saying that says the singer is the voice of the band. I mean, that can mean a whole lot of things. However, if the singer leaves, does it necessarily make it a tribute band? And I have to say no, it doesn't. It just depends. There have been singers that have come in and changed the sound a bit, but actually have ushered in a completely popular era for whatever band. I mean, ACDC is the perfect example, right? You got Bon Scott, which was a completely extraordinary era on itself. And then Brian Johnson comes in. And although to me, they have really similar voices, Brian Johnson, you know, hits it with the biggest album of all time for rock and roll. You know, it has to be a case by case basis. Let's say Bon Scott's still alive and there never was a Brian Johnson. And everybody loves Bon Scott. So if Bon Scott's in the band
0: and Angus leaves, is it a tribute band? See, to me, in that case, yes, because Angus is the key to me in that situation. So now we're saying that it's not the singer, that it's the guitar player. It depends. So let's get back to the comments. Aaron Baker says, I discovered some of these bands with their current lineup and then went back and listened to some of the music. To me, a band is a group who puts out music for live shows. A tribute band would be a band with no members of the actual band that they are tributing. So, for example, he used Mr. Speed. That's a Kiss tribute band. I guess that would be true, right? The Iron Maidens are a tribute band because they don't have a member of Iron Maiden. Uh, That would be right. Yeah, that's all correct.
1: But the most important thing that Aaron Baker said in this, and I want people to think about this going forward, is educating a new generation of fans. Had it not been for these bands that are still out there plugging it away, whether it's with one member or two members or five members, Aaron Baker, along with a host of other people, may not be discovering these bands. Everybody can't go to Spotify and discover a rock band. Sometimes you just need to see what's coming through town and go see it. So to me, that's something I'm extremely passionate about. And I feel like that's something to take into account why we're going forward in this conversation.
0: Tuck Watts said the whole they're just a tribute band now argument so old and tired. I'm somewhat in agreement with you there. It's music. As long as people are making music for the love of the music, I'm fine with it. I'd much rather judge bands on the quality of the music they record. All right. Mark Adams. It is what it is. Members leave, die, etc., and the rest of the band can't move forward. If someone left your job, do you close the business? Of course not. Just remember, ACDC has only one original member left, which we talked about. Jeff Reed, I think it's okay to keep the brand alive. The casual fan probably doesn't know, plus most casual fans just want to hear the songs anyway. As long as the replacement honors the originals the best they can, I'm okay with it. Jeff L. Hefe says, bands are like any other business. I mean, none of the original McDonald's employees are still there, yet It's still McDonald's. I was going to ask you, Stephen, it is interesting, right? Because nobody complains about the Batmans, the Supermans, the Spidermans, like those guys can change. But if my bass player changes, all of a sudden it's a tribute band. Yeah, people can't quite
1: grasp yet the fact that we're discussing brands and not necessarily bands because 50 years ago, brands in music weren't really necessarily a thing. Now they are. It's become the thing. And even bands that were in existence 50 years ago when brands weren't a thing are now brands, right? I know this is confusing, but you got stuff like The Rascals out there touring that are so old, but that brand name is worth something that, to people that were fans of The Rascals. The Rascals. Good Love? That's them, right? Good Love. I, th- Good love. I think so. Yeah. It's uh, what? Felix
0: Cavalera's Rascals, I think. A couple other comments and then we'll get into the bands. Brian Harris said, no wrong answer for someone's personal taste. With the older bands, I go to celebrate the music, which is great. Our buddy Mitch Lafon came in and goes, nobody needs to stop. If it's not your thing, don't go. Uh, Many fans still enjoy him. And I know you gave him a little bit of heartache. I went back and forth with Mitch in probably, I don't know, five,
1: six, seven, eight exchanges. And I finally just kind of bowed out. Mitch Lafon is nothing but a politician. (laughs) I wanted him to answer and came at him at every different way that I could come at him to answer the question, you know, and he was just being a politician about it. Nothing he's saying is wrong. Uh, Nobody needs to stop. Well, no, that's how they earn a living. Uh, If it's not your thing, don't go, right? That's how you answer whether something's good or not is you just don't go. But I think a lot of people just kind of, I don't know, they overemphasize it instead of just going and having a good time.
0: Mitch, you be you, buddy. I love you. Screw Steven. (laughs) So getting to the bands, first band we're going to talk about is Queensryche. So their latest record was The Verdict. It was released in 2019. And believe it or not, Queensryche only had 10 members, and they've been around a long time. So the first comment we're going to talk about is Rob Manning. Queensryche and Icon, I think Icon only had two records, and Journey have fantastic single replacements. Kicks was great as Funny Money. Sabotage is great as TSO. Thanks, Rob. Love you. Tony John says, Queensryche's an interesting one. The current band sounds great and probably sounds better than they would if they had the original guys, but I have zero interest in the band. I would go nuts, though, if Tate de Garmo Rockenfield were back in. I guess ultimately, if people still get joy out of these bands, then why stop anything? The current state for most of these bands is not for me, but that doesn't mean others can't see it and enjoy them. Craig Moran, personally speaking, Queensryche and L.A. Guns are the only bands in this list I feel should keep going. Both are still putting out music that's still worth listening to. The others, with the possible exception of Warrant, who has a respectable replacement singer, should call it a day. Michael Charles says, they are tribute bands. I can't imagine seeing Queensryche or Skid Row with another singer, just not the same. Let's get your take on Queensryche, Stephen. What do you think?
1: I think the new Queensryche is really good.
0: The Queensryche
1: with the current lineup, I mean, they're a pretty solid band. I don't love everything they do. I think that a lot of times people are, just like what Michael Charles said, they are tribute bands. I can't imagine seeing Queensryche or Skid Row with another singer just not the same because he's emotionally tied to early Queensryche and Skid Row. That's his memory of the music he loves. And it is for a lot of us, right? It's hard to imagine, but... Not seeing Queensryche at all because Tate's not there, Degarmo's not there, Rock and Field's not there. Versus seeing Queensryche play music that I love, and do it well, and then I take the latter
0: instead. Yeah, I can totally appreciate that. Folks think Queensryche's a tribute band since both Jeff and Chris are not in it. I Rock and Field and that part probably doesn't matter to me. I'm actually not that huge a fan of Queensryche. I'm just a casual fan, so I enjoy a bunch of their music over the years. But you know, it's not like. There's some album that's like, oh my God, that was the classic lineup to me. I think the songwriting suffered when DeGarmo left. That's where I saw the change. I've seen Queensryche nowadays. I've seen them back in the day. I'll tell you Todd's better right now. I love the energy. I don't miss Jeff at all, but Queensryche wouldn't make my top hundred list, but I go see Queensryche today because I really like Todd. move to Warrant. So Warrant's last record was in 2017 called Louder, Harder, Faster. If you haven't checked out the record, it was awesome. Warrant's had over 25 members. They've had some issues over the years, a lot of different things. I'm sure we'll talk about that someday. Our buddy Tony Masalam says, I have to say it's really irritating when people say Warrant is a cover band. And you know what? I got to agree. Because they have a replacement singer, the other four members are the classic ones starting from the first album. So to him, Warrant's not a tribute band. Nick Osenziuk, I'll never stop listening to those bands, even though it's fair to say their best days are probably behind them. Warren's most recent albums with Robert Mason on vocals are very good. They are probably my favorite of all the bands listed. Tony John, I guess some of it depends on the band. I think it's fairly important that the main principal songwriters are still involved in the band. When you lose that, you kind of lose a big piece. Warren, for example, Janie not only was the voice of Warren, but he wrote 99% of the first three albums. He honestly could have done well with anybody behind him and had success, that's probably a little cold to the guys that are playing nowadays. I'll just tell you that. The band without him was most likely going nowhere fast. I could say that's probably true because Janie was a great songwriter. Your take on Warrant of new and old.
1: If I had the uh, little gift of the guy pointing up at Tony John's uh, remarks, then that's what I would put right here. He basically nailed it for me. So I understand why people call Warrant a tribute band, because Janie did write 99% of the material. And that's a big deal. And yes, he was the voice of that band. Would Janie have been successful with any band behind him? I'm a true believer that it takes a band and it takes chemistry. And Warrant had chemistry and they were a great band together. I don't necessarily know that Janie would have been successful. It's not like Janie didn't put out solo records. And it's also not like Janie didn't write some less than desirable stuff. Belly to belly, I'm looking at you. Anyway, I love the new Warrant. I think both the new records that they put out with Robert Mason are solid records. Period. End of story. It's got great rock and roll. And if you're one of the people that turns your nose up at Warrant because you just don't want to hear or see anything from them with Robert Mason, then to me, you're missing out. And to me, this is part of the issue with rock and roll today. This is why rock and roll struggles and has to be like an indie thing nowadays because the old guard of people that loved rock and roll are kind of on their high horse a lot of times with stuff like this. Whereas instead of embracing this kind of stuff and recognizing as, hey, this is a newer version of Warrant, it's different, the old stuff is still great, but the new stuff is good too in its own way, then that would help get it out there to that new generation, that younger generation that is looking for stuff. And uh, Instead of playing Jay-Z and Taylor Swift, they find
0: Warrant with Robert Mason. That's all I'm saying. To me, the main songwriters are still living. They're still in the band. So Warren's not tribute band to me. Now let me start because there's going to be some things I say about Robert that might sound bad. So I'm going to start by saying, I love Robert Mason. I love his voice. I've seen him live many times with and without Janie. Robert does a wonderful job with the rocking songs. And at times I hate to be that guy. At times, Robert is better than Janie live. I'm just going to be honest. Okay. Now that being said, Robert does not do the ballads as well as Janie did. And that's because to me, Robert is a yelper. So when the ballads come, they don't have that same feeling and angst and pain of the songwriter who actually wrote it because you're speaking somebody else's words. I'm not sure Robert's voice is super perfect for ballads anyway. That being said, I've enjoyed the newer records. I love Robert and I would go see Warrant any day of the week. No difference to me. I'd go see him right now. I like Robert, and I like Robert's voice, but Robert is not
1: as good live as Janie is, not as a frontman. I'm not talking about the singing ability. I'm just talking about as a frontman. Janie was a much better frontman than Robert, and I'll give a pass to the band as a whole because they're 30 years older than when I saw them in the heyday, so I can't say that that doesn't take a toll on your body. But the last time I saw a Warrant, they basically phoned it in. It was kind of disappointing. They weren't very exciting live. They sounded fine, sounded good, did all the stuff, did the dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking rich
0: record from front to back. That's all good. But they definitely phoned it in. I disagree with that somewhat. I think Robert is a great front man. And honestly, when I remember back on what Warrant was in the heyday, the band as a whole, yeah, lost a little bit of energy, but Robert is every bit as good as Janie was, if not better, but just an opinion. we're going to talk about is Skid Row. Their last record was United World Rebellion Chapter Two, Rise of the Damnation Army in 2014. Yes, it sold one copy because even the band members didn't buy one. Okay. Skid Row has had 16 members so far. Some comments about Skid Row. Tony Masalam says, I give new music by all these bands a chance. Most of the records that have come out post-original lineups have been pretty good, if not great. Queen's Wreck and Warrant put out some good records with their new singers. I'm looking forward to hearing the new Skid Row CD. And honestly, there was several people that said the same thing. Craig Moran, Sebastian's voice is just so distinct. If I had a choice to see Bass solo or current Skid Row, I'm going to see Bass. In fact, I have, I just don't care to hear anyone else sing those songs. Mark, who's Tony's brother. I've seen both. Actually, I saw Skid Row with Johnny, Tony, and ZP. Tony sang the songs the best, better than Bass can do it anyway but he'd still like to see a reunion. Scott Crouch said, if you have a singer and a guitar player and earn a band is probably okay. But if less than half are from the classic lineup, then it's probably more of a tribute thing. And then Daniel people said, and that guitar player really needs to have a signature sound. However, as good as he is, snake Sable isn't selling a skid row tour. If at bare minimum, Rachel's not there. So ZP goes out with a bunch of people that nobody knows. Skid Row probably doesn't sell four tickets. (laughs) The four girls that want to see ZP, basically. Steven, your take on the new and old Skid Row. I've seen Skid Row
1: in all forms. I saw him early on with Sebastian. I saw him with Johnny several times. I never saw him with Tony Harnell, and I've seen him with ZP. I'll reserve my judgment with ZP because you guys loved it on the cruise, and I didn't. There was something off about him. Maybe it was just where I was uh, standing from a sound perspective. I don't know. I just didn't like it that much. Listen, Sebastian in the heyday was fantastic. I thought he was really good. But I've seen Sebastian recently and I didn't like it. I think he's lost a step, which is, that's normal. Like I'm not even hating on him about that. The guy's older, so I have no problems. My issue comes with Sebastian himself. Every time I see him, On a stage, he acts like a brat. He's yelling at fans. He's yelling at sound men. He's yelling at monitor guys every time I see him. And I don't need it. I think it's unprofessional. And I think it's just, it just, it really, really turns me off. So Sebastian will never be on the show. (laughs) It is what it is. That's fine. That's my personal experience with Sebastian Bach live. And I've seen it a couple of times now. Uh, and that's my issue. So I'm excited to hear the new music. I guess I was the one person that bought United World Rebellion. Chapter two, Rise of the Damnation Army. Much too long of a title. I got that. I got that but I got both of them. They put out some good
0: music. Uh, to me, since Scotty Snake and Rachel are still in the band, they're the main songwriters. It's not a tribute band. I enjoyed Sebastian on tape. No doubt. Live. Dude, Sebastian was brutal to me. I saw him several times. I cannot even compare him because he was so bad. So Solinger joins. The music wasn't as great on tape, I thought, and the live aspect didn't get much better. Then Harnell joins. I saw them live. I thought Harnell, the live aspect got better. They didn't do any music together. I've seen Skid Row now six times with ZP, and they are outstanding. ZP is awesome. I don't need... Sebastian back ever. And I would love to hear a new album with ZP. Cause if you've heard any of the Dragon Force stuff, do ZP can sing. So, and Skid Row a top hundred band for me either way. But I think today's lineup is better than it was in 1990. And now definitely Sebastian will never be on the show.
1: I don't know about that all being better than 1990. All I know is that because I saw them both times on the Slave to the Grind tour, I saw them open up for Guns N' Roses on the Use Your Illusion, which I think was the Slave to the Grind tour. And then they started headlining both times. They were a force to be reckoned with. They hit that stage and shredded it. So definitely, I don't know that it's better now, but it's not a tribute band. And I think it can stand on its own merit. Put it that way.
4: Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it.
0: Let's go to a band that got a ton of comments and a ton of feelings. We'll talk about Foreigner. So their last studio album, because they've got a bunch of live and greatest hit stuff they've been releasing for the last basically 20 years, really. But their last studio album was Can't Slow Down from 2009. And they've had over 30 members now. Some comments on Foreigner. Jeff L. Hefe says, Foreigner has no original members. Journey has one yet people still pack in to see those bands. For the bands that I love, I have favorite members. For example, he's a diehard crew head. So if Nikki Six ever left, he would not be interested anymore. However, if he left and they continue to put new music out, he would at least give it a shot. So, okay, that's fair. Tony says, foreigners getting close to an interesting time. We could actually see the band without Mick ever. It Will it still feel like a tribute band, even though some of these replacement guys have been there forever? Like at what point, Stephen is the turning point. Like Pilsen can be in there 30 years. He's still going to be a placement guy.
1: It all comes back to the classic lineup. That's why I tried to make it a point. I think with Tony or somebody, be careful of the wording that you use because people talk about the original lineup. Well, the original lineup is 10 guys that nobody's ever heard of. Probably, you know, people come and go early on in the band, but the classic lineup of a band is when, Whatever the biggest albums a band has, the band that played on those classic albums. And for a band like Foreigner, that's like Head Games. And the first like three or four albums on through Foreigner 4, those first four albums, that's the classic lineup. So continue because we'll get into
0: this. There's a lot to talk about with this band. Christopher Powell, I think Foreigner's catalog is bigger than the band. So it doesn't really matter who's in the band as long as they play the songs properly. Lynn Ramsey says, It has more to do with the lead singer for me with one exception. I really like Foreigner with Kelly Hansen. I think they're great. I saw him with Lou in the Troublesome Years with Cancer and he was just awful. Kelly does a great job with all of his songs. Tribute band for the most part though. Paul Racine. I love all the bands now and then. The only one I think is a bit of a tribute band would be Foreigner. They still have Mick Jones, but that's it. Other than that, the band members have come and go in past years. Although it would be nice to see some of these bands have more original members, I understand it's a tough commitment for these guys to put someone in their band that they can't live with because he sang on their biggest albums back in the heyday. Gary Cap: any band that has at least one original member in it is not a tribute band in my eyes. So a band like Foreigner is a tribute band to me. A few of the bands uh, I give a listen to when they issue new music, uh, like Kiss or Queensryche, in general, if the band can play the songs well and the fans show up, then let them continue on. We've talked a lot about Foreigner in the past, Stephen. Your thoughts on Foreigner? Christopher Powell, in the most simple way, probably nailed it.
1: He said, I think Foreigner's catalog is bigger than that band, so it doesn't matter who's in the band as long as they play the songs properly. And right now, and has been for quite some time, they've been packing in fans. The guy Jeff mentioned, uh, Foreigner and Journey have like zero to one person that's original, and in the classic lineup, and they still pack in fans. They both pack in fans because they are playing that music well right now. As much as I love Lou Graham on record, Kelly Hansen is fantastic. He sounds so damn good live. They sound so damn good live. And one thing that occurred to me while we're talking about Foreigner, and I hadn't really thought about it really literally until we were going through these comments, is that do you think that with bands like Kiss and any hair band, insert hair band, any band that's like from glam rock or whatever, do you think bands like that, it's more about the image and the people in the band versus late 70s bands like Foreigner and Journey, where it seriously is about all the success that they had with the music on the radio.
0: Yeah, I think the music is more respected from hell, you could say late 60s all the way probably to the early 80s. So in those cases people give the bands a break. I think they also give them a break because some of those guys are in their 80s. They just can't do it. I think when it came to the hair metal era, if you want to call it that, it became more of a popularity contest. Let's be real. Okay, we're talking about Motley crew. That really just Calls me. Vince is never going to be on the show anyway. I'm just going to let it hang out there. Vince sucks. Okay. If he doesn't kill Razzle, the guy is never heard from again. Vince sucks. It just so happens. He ended up killing somebody and becoming popular for some reason. I know that's a shitty thing to say, but the reality of the situation is what it is. If Tommy Lee doesn't fuck Heather Locklear, maybe he's not popular. If he doesn't have a sex tape, maybe he's not popular. If Nikki Six supposedly died on the gurney and doesn't wake up, he's not popular. Like, it's just, it became more of a pop culture than it became about the music.
1: It was a commodity for sure. And I don't know if I agree with every last thing you said. However, I do understand exactly where you're going with that conversation. And I do agree with that. For me, it's as much as people love Kiss... Everybody will swear up and down, especially the people in our circles, because Kiss is a big deal. As much as people love them, their music, to me, I don't think stands a chance without everything else that they got going on. Without the mystery, without the characters, without the crazy stage show, without the whole thing. I don't think they stand a chance. Whereas bands like Foreigner and etc., their music stood a chance. And it didn't matter what they were doing. It didn't matter that they didn't have a big show. It didn't matter that they didn't have good-looking guys in the band or characters or any of that stuff. And I think that that might be the difference. Sure, do we like Kiss music? Of course we do. There's a lot of great songs. I love Kiss music. That's not what I'm trying to say here. But to the average person who is not us, who
0: is not a music geek, does that matter? Yeah, and I think uh, one last thing on this is, you know, take Zeppelin, for example. I think people would have a hard time with Zeppelin getting back together and Paige going out with a bunch of guys and not having Plant involved at all. If one of those guys passes, though, then people would give it a break because at least they're getting back together and celebrating the music. So I think there's this respect factor that if the person's there and they can do it in the people's eyes and they're not involved, then it's not respectful they're there and can't do it for whatever health reason, then people seem to give it a break a little bit. Yeah. Uh, my thought on foreigner, I think foreigner could be considered a tribute band, especially with no Mick Jones. Okay. I get it. This band is faceless. We've talked about it before. You might as well just put masks on them and call them ghost. Like nobody would know the difference except for the music would be better. Yes. Peter Sessory, I said that foreigners 1000% <laughs> better than ghost. So even though I'm calling them a tribute band, I love Kelly. I love Jeff. I would go see Foreigner any day of the week. My 20-year-old son enjoys Foreigner. He deserves a chance to go see them live. He doesn't know two diddlies about Lou Graham and doesn't care, right? It doesn't matter to him. So, And Foreigner's a top 50 band for me anyway, so I I love Foreigner all the way around.
1: Hey, this is Jeff Pilsen of Foreigner, and Machine, Dockin', you name it. I was probably in it. Anyways, you are listening to my favorite podcast, the Growing Up Rock podcast. And you know what? You better crank it up. All right. So the Loud Minority Facebook group, just on episodes exactly like this one, a lot of times we'll post stuff in the Grown Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group. It's a private group. All you have to do is ask to join and we'll bring you in. It's not a huge group, but it's a lot of, really passionate fans that are respectful. So there's no poison in the group and that's important to me, but we bring people in. We'll ask opinions like this. We'll share thoughts on podcast. We'll get ideas for other episodes and it's just a great community. So I'll tell you guys, come over to the growing up rock loud minority Facebook group, invite some of your friends that are passionate about hard rock and metal into the group as well. And we'll have some conversation. That's about it. That's how you can help out the podcast. You can also help out the podcast by going and leaving us a five star review at podchaser.com or Apple Podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, just leave us a five star review. It helps us out. Thanks.
0: Let's talk Dokken next. Last record was Broken Bones in 2012. Dokken just released like a Lost Years type record probably about a year ago, but they're like old, old songs. So really their last studio album is Broken Bones from 2012. Dokken's had over 25 members over his lifetime. Tony is a huge Dokken fan, so I knew he would have a comment here. And I thought he had a good point. Somehow the vocalist seems to have more cachet. Example, Dokken and Rat. Original singers, all replacement band members, yet nobody normally complains that they're cover bands. And here's another example, Whitesnake. There's only one original member there and nobody says Whitesnake is a cover band. Bill Sharp says, Dawkins named after the lead singer. So as long as he's there, I'll give it a pass. Todd Wilson says, I would normally go to any of these willingly except Dawkins. Don just needs to quit it. And Vince Neil, same thing. Both have lost it. Queensryche and Skid Row were both excellent the last time I saw them and I keep up with their new stuff. Derek Novak, our buddy, says, I turned the corner on Dokken a long time ago. Wouldn't go see them for free. Steven, your thoughts on Dokken new and old? Because I got a lot of things to say about Dokken. (laughs) A lot of interesting comments there.
1: Dokken named after Don Dokken. So if Don Dokken's not in the band that bears his name, just like John Bon Jovi out of Bon Jovi. Would it be a tribute band? Well, I don't know. It's good points. Nobody else in the band is original. I'm with Derek Novak. I turned the corner on Docking a long time ago. I saw For Free Docking probably 10 years ago, and Don sang Everything Monotone, and I couldn't take it. And Docking is a top 10 band for me, by the way. And I couldn't do it because, to me, one of the biggest things about Docking, of course, other than George Lynch's guitar, is the vocals and the harmonies, and it's a big deal. And I just couldn't take it. So I can't tell him to stop. If somebody's paying to see this and he's making a living, then he deserves to make a living. I don't think it's fair for us to say you, you need to stop. The only problem that I have is it tarnishes the music a bit and tarnishes the legacy a bit. So that's the only issue I have. But they still put out some viable music on record. So they can still make music that sounds decent. And the rest of Dokken obviously is doing a great job at making music.
0: Uh, new and machine record to me is really good. So there you go. Uh, to me, Don is still involved. So Dokken is not tribute band to me. Dokken with George Lynch involved, I enjoyed a ton in the past. All the albums through Dysfunctional are great. Dokken's a top 50 band for me. I was happy when Don and George initially split up because I was starting to lose interest in Don's voice and his live show just altogether from what I had seen in the late eighties. So to me with either Oni or Robert Lynch mob was like the upgraded Dawkins. Nowadays, whatever docking puts out, whatever Lynch mob puts out, I normally like a few songs on every album, but Don is brutal live now. And I have no interest in seeing Don live with his Dawkins band. I have no interest in seeing Lynch mob live ever again. After monsters of rock cruise, I'm basically done with both bands live. They won't be called Lynch mob anyway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll uh, I'll just enjoy the recorded music and move on basically. Maybe that's why they're changing their
1: name so you'll come see them under a different name. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to trick me.
0: trying to trick people. Let's talk Great White. So Great White, the band, latest record was full circle in 2017. Between the two bands, Jack Russell's Great White and Great White, they've had over 35 members. Jack Russell's Great White also released an album in 2017 called He Saw It Coming. Jack Russell's Great White also released an album in 2020 called Once Bitten Acoustic Bites. So they did the Once Bitten record in entirety acoustically. Some comments we got, and I thought this was a very interesting one. Liam Fortizal, I hope I said that right. Basically, franchise licensed tribute act selling 80s nostalgia from a period when they mattered. If some can make new music, the more power to them. If you go to see any of these, it's an 80s like out, like it's 1984. It is what it is. Some can do it better than others. But if, say, a Van Halen cover band can get better attendance than a Great White or a Rat, game's up. So, my question to you is if Mr. Speed. Or the Iron Maidens pull more than Mitch Malloy's Great White or Stephen Piercy's Rat Experience, whatever he's calling it now. I guess he's calling it Rat, but it's Bobby Blotzer's Rat Experience. But now Blotzer's back in Rat. Who knows what the hell they're doing? If they can't pull as many as the Iron Maidens can, should they give it up? Um, I don't know.
1: That's a tough question because there are some tribute bands that pull huge crowds. I don't know that a tribute band's going to pull a better crowd than Rat, but maybe Great White with Mitch Malloy. <laughs> I don't know. I would have gone and seen the Iron Maidens before I go see Great White with Mitch Malloy. No offense, but we'll
0: talk about that. Continue. All right. So sometimes Micah and Neil Spears will give us comments and they'll sometimes be different comments. And sometimes they're the same. It's so cool to uh, have couples kind of do that. But uh, Micah Spears says, going to see Jack Russell's Great White and Winger in Houston on May 7th. Foreigner's still an awesome show. Kicks still kicks ass. My guess is they're talking about kicks. They could be talking about kiss. Who knows? Nah, she's talking about kicks. I think she likes kicks. Tesla's reliably good every time. And this is what started the Tesla conversation, which Tesla to me is not a tribute band. The cult is boring as fuck. I agree. I guess the cult could be considered a tribute band. Cult was always boring, so it doesn't matter. So then I always think it's funny. Neil Spears says, the official Great White is pretty terrible, pretty country slant to their stuff. Jack Russell's Great White is a modern Great White now, and I'm looking forward to seeing him 5'7 in Houston. I always wondered if, like, Neil at one point's going to put out there, I'm going to go see Jack Russell's Great White in Houston. And Micah goes, you are? Like, you know, someday that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mark Weiss says, I've seen Great White a couple of times with Mitch Malloy. I'm not feeling it. It doesn't feel right. And they need to bring Jack back. I liked Terry as a lead singer and liked the two albums they released with Terry. Before I get your take on Great White, I wanted to say something about Mark's comment. It's possible Mark felt this way the entire time, but there were many people that did not like Terry and Great White. But how interesting is it now that I'm starting to hear? People go with well, Terry was okay because Mitch sucks. <laughs> so it's very interesting. That, don't be careful what you wish for. And if you didn't want Terry in there, you never know what you're going to get. Your thoughts on great white, new and old, and I guess talk about them both. I don't know. Yeah. This whole
1: thing is just such a weird thing. I've never seen Jack Russell's great white, so I can't comment on that. I saw the original great white back early on their first album, open up for Judas Priest. And they were good then, and I liked them, and I became a fan then. They actually lost me a bit when they started having success because I didn't really like the Once Bitten Twice Shy song and stuff like that. I liked the old sort of heavy metal, Great White, and then they became more of a blues band. And I like a lot of the blues stuff too. Mitch Malloy, nothing against him. I'm sure he's a fine singer and all that stuff, but Great White the band requires somebody that has a bluesy voice and doesn't jump around with tight pants on amazed that Mark Kendall allowed this guy in the band. I really am amazed. They must have a good chemistry or a good relationship or whatever. Uh, And that's why he's there. He's easy to work with and does whatever Mark tells him to do. But Terry, I wasn't a huge fan of Terry and Great White either. Terry's a great singer. He's a better blues singer than Mitch Malloy. So I think that's why people are going, yeah. And honestly, the record that they put out, that last record they put out with Terry wasn't bad. It was a pretty good record. So I think I softened my stance on Terry and maybe other people did. Or maybe we saw Mitch Malloy and just was like, uh, no, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Jack Russell, I can't speak for, I just hope he's doing well because that dude had a lot of serious issues and, uh, I heard he's singing great still.
0: So I don't know. Great white's a top 50 band for me. I've been seeing them live since the mid eighties. I've seen all versions is great white, a tribute band to me, Mark still involved. So they're not is Jack Russell's great white, a tribute band. Well, Jack's involved, so to me, they're not. So it's a tricky one. No matter who releases the album, I always find a few songs I like, so that part's not an issue. I love Terry, so I love the Terry years. I got no problem with that. I have not enjoyed Jack Russell's Great White Live. There's something about their live chemistry that wasn't really right to me either. So I got to assume that maybe Kendall's the guy for me, that he's the key cog for my Great White and then to me, Great White is kind of like a pseudo ACDC. It is a blue collar band. I can see guys with hard hats on, eating their lunch, listening to Great White and enjoying their music because it feels that way. And that's why Mitch does not fit to me. And seeing Mitch live with them was bar rue, tall. <laughs> and I have Mitch Malloy albums and I enjoy them. They're just not a good mix. I will say this real quick is that The only thing that I
1: can figure out with the great white Mitch Malloy thing is that Mitch does move around on stage, jumps around, and if they didn't have an active guy, they would be brutal because they would (laughs) be boring AF, (laughs) just like Micah says, because the rest of that band is pretty boring. They just are not exciting live. And honestly, they haven't necessarily ever been exciting live. They're just not a real active jump around type band. I mean, they're a blues rock band.
3: I formed the group LA guns many years ago and uh, they kicked me out of the band. And uh...
0: next band, LA guns, same issue as great white. So the LA guns, LA guns, the last release was 2019. The devil, you know, between Steve Riley's LA guns and the regular LA guns, they've had over 50 members. Yes, folks. That is a five and a zero. Steve Riley's L.A. Guns just released Renegades a few months ago. Uh, Good record. Now, here's my problem with these two. And I love L.A. Guns. L.A. Guns is a top 50 band for me in all encompassing. Both of these bands are sharing the same Spotify account. And to me, that is a bunch of shit because you are confusing the fans. Steven, your thoughts on that? hundred percent. Why can't a
1: judge just rule and make Steve Riley do the same thing Jack Russell does? And that's Steve Riley's LA guns. At least that would be less confusing to fans than calling it LA guns. Hell, they even got a similar logo. It's crazy to me. And I was the first one that jumped on this whole thing and was like, man, LA guns, you got Tracy and Phil. That's the band. I mean, you got the singer and the main guitar player in L.A. Guns. That should be the band. How is it that a drummer, no offense, drummers, but a drummer is going out there and having the name? You and I both know that dude didn't write one lick of music for the L.A. Guns uh, popular. There is no damn way that that drummer wrote one lick of music. You don't hear a drum beat go, oh, I love that drum fill and never enough. Get the fuck out of here. Come on, man. So, I was the first one that said that. That being said, Steve Riley's LA Guns and the release of Renegades was a decent record. So, I'll say that, but they need to make him change it, and it needs to be Steve Riley's LA Guns or just change it completely because it is confusing. And to me, phil and
0: tracy deserve the name we apologize to all the drummers that actually are singers and know how to play guitar and piano and other things and not just hit a drum
3: let me apologize for these two idiots they obviously have no idea what rock drumming entails we hear, at growing up rock love many drummers in all different genres we believe drummers are important for songwriting and the live experience again we mean no disrespect now back to our show
0: uh, anyway, some comments on LA Guns. So, Stephen Stacy says LA Guns is the only one that has current music I listen to, but the mileage varies. The singer changes are always hard, especially when it's further down the road. Most to me are discount bin shows. That's interesting. Ryan T. Russell says, depends. I like some of these bands and not others. LA Guns with Phil and Tracy has made some great new music, even though they're the only original band members. Same with Queensryche, but some of the others I can't take seriously. Lauren Carter said, I think it depends on the circumstances around the band. Exhibit A, LA Guns. I saw them two years ago and they kicked butt. To me, L.A. Guns was never a Motley or Van Halen, where the whole was greater than the sum of its parts. L.A. Guns, to me, is Phil and Tracy. I listened and enjoyed the new record. To me, they're doing it right. New music, when they have it combined with classic hits, is the way to go, and that's what I want to see if it's available. Wally Norton, who we know is a huge L.A. Guns fan. This would take a while for a geek like me to elaborate on. Many factors to consider, but I will generally always be accepting of change and an open ear for new music. The proof is in the pudding. Case in point, I skeptically almost reluctantly enjoyed last year's Renegades from Riley's LA Guns. Ray Farrow saw Phil and Tracy version of LA Guns summer 2019. They were outstanding. The Devil You Know is a great album. Best they ever sounded live. Queensryche, my favorite band, without Tate, DeGarmo, Rockenfield, is nothing more than a karaoke singer-fronted tribute band. Wow. Should have changed their name. Don Dawkins could barely sing live in the 90s. Can't imagine how bad he is now. Warrant and Skid Row didn't even know there were still versions of them out there. Ray, buddy, really? All right. Joey D, LA Guns, is still great with Phil and Tracy. Don't care for the new great white singer at all. Warrant, Janie's voice is missing, but Mason does a great job. Skid Row's new singer is a hired gun. Doesn't fit them at all. Dokken, his voice is shot. QR, I thought he was talking about Quiet Riot, but obviously he means Queensryche here. QR. I love Todd with them. His range is amazing. I agree. Sticks is great live too. We weren't talking about sticks, but uh, good to know. Uh, Daniel Peoples, LA Guns is a weird one as both are half of the classic, but both have really good albums, but only one sounds like what's expected from LA Guns. So I know you shared some of your feelings on LA Guns. Any other feelings about that?
1: Uh, No, I think I covered pretty much everything. I will say that most of these bands, uh, these Los Angeles bands, for the most part, these Cali bands with all the member changes, the 50, the 30, all these member changes, I think a lot of those Sunset Strip bands were trading members back and forth in the early days. And I think that's why they've got the ridiculous high amount of member changes, because Everybody played with
0: everybody at one point in time. Just look at the history for LA guns, Phil and Tracy's LA guns to me. And Steve Riley is not. That's just all there is to it. I am not going to go see LA guns unless it's Phil and Tracy. I will do the research to find out which LA guns is playing before I buy the ticket since they are confusing the fuck out of people. And I will tell you, I'm not just blaming Riley on that. I'm blaming Tracy on that too. Tracy, you got to fix the Spotify thing. That's shitty. Right. And somebody has got to win the logo thing, either give it up and go get your own logo or take the logo and say, you can't use it, but somebody has got to fix that. Cause that's, that's a bunch of shit right there. Of course, we got to talk about rat. Goddamn rat. Latest record, Infestation 2010. They've had over 30 members between all the bands of the rat experience and Bobby Blotzer's rat, every other kind of rat there was. Curtis Lancelot said rat without Warren Demartini just seems wrong. Robin's gone, so his being replaced is understandable. Chris Lathrop, only nerds like us care about the band members. Everybody else just wants to hear the song. Chris, you're dead on. You're right. (laughs) Yep. And, but if there's no nerds, we don't need podcasts. So yes, we're all nerds. Corey Nolan. It doesn't move me to naysay anyone doing what they love under any name. If you like it, listen to it, support it. I saw rat without blotzer, but didn't go see blotzer's rat. I still love rat though with Bobby or without Bobby. I support things I like. Otherwise it doesn't affect my life. One iota. Brad Rustroven. I saw blotzer's rat and was pleasantly surprised. That does say pleasantly surprised. Brad, maybe you didn't see the right rat. I don't know. Uh, They looked and sounded great, and they were well rehearsed. Plus, they played a lot of deeper cuts that rat rarely touched. That probably makes sense to me, because Blotzer can go out there and tell the singer to do anything he wants, right? Supposedly, Blotzer's back in the band now. Stephen, what's your thoughts on Blotzer being back? And do you think that if you change out the singer and did what Bobby did is almost upgrade the guy's range? And you could do different songs. Does that help the guy out?
1: I hadn't heard Blotzer's back in the band for good. I mean, I heard he sat in on a couple of songs for that set that they did. But that's all I know. I'll refer back to the L.A. Guns thing. Sorry, drummers, but Blotzer didn't write anything in Rat. So that's an issue for me. I do believe that probably Brad is right. I've heard other people say that they saw Blotzer's Rat and they were surprised because it did sound good. That's because he got a bunch of ringers to play and sound really well. And there's no problem with that. To me, Rat is Warren D. Martini and Stephen Piercy. As much as you hate Piercy's voice, and I get it, his voice is super distinctable. And I can hear Piercy sing anything and know that it's Piercy. And that's a rare thing. I don't hate Piercy's voice like you do. But, and this is a huge but, not Sir Mix-a-Lot, but just a different kind of big but. Anyway, I need him to sing well live. I can't have him on pain meds or sloppy or doing that because then it just ruins the experience for me. Because rap for me is a top 10 band. Like, I like rap music a lot. So, I need it to sound really good. And Warren D. Martini, there was just something about his playing that was very distinct. And so, I really, really, really wish they could have kept the Infestation team together and put out another record like Infestation because I thought Infestation was a great
0: record. And
1: that was a good lineup given that Robin, you know, isn't alive
0: anymore. You know, my take on rat. It's not even a top 100 band for me. I loved Out of the Cellar, Downhill after that. I love Warren's playing, but I'll tell you right now, Warren joins Rat on the Kiss Cruise and, well, Kiss Cruise, I already paid for it, so I guess it wouldn't be free. If Warren was going to join Rat here at the local pub and play for free, I wouldn't go see him. I have no interest. I'm done with Rat. But that's just a personal thing that probably has nothing to do with how good they are.
1: Wow. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't- in
0: so in the conversation, a couple of other bands came up and it was interesting because a couple of folks asked me about YNT and that Menachetti's the only original guy, but everybody else is gone. You know, and yeah, that's true. The other three are gone. They all passed away. And even if they had not all passed away, Phil was the only guy that was with them at the end anyway. Uh, the other two guys, Joey and Leonard, they were already gone and that had a lot to do with... Ability to still play, wanting to still play, being able to have the chops. And to me, Y&T is 100% Menachetti If menachetti has gone, Y&T. If Menachetti wants to retire next year, Y&T cannot go on. I would have a hard time going in to see John Nyman's Y&T. God, I hope John does not do that. I don't care who gives him the blessing. Don't do that. A couple other bands that came up. I don't know who the grassroots are, but Paul Venturi said, I could say the grassroots, but in their case... Everybody was handpicked by the original bass player and gave them the rights to the name and music, and they still tour well. I don't know who they are. They're all just like the rascals. Oh, okay. Uh, Rick Friel. Don't forget about my favorite band, Foghat. Rick Friel. Foghat? Okay, all right, all right. Uh, I don't see any of them as tribute bands. I've been in some tribute bands personally, so I know what I'm talking about. The songs are the stars. May they continue on forever. The only original on Falkhead right now is Roger Earle. He's been there since the beginning. Um, the other three members from the classic lineup has passed away. Niccolo Giuseppe, and I'm not even going to try the last name. Honestly, Skid Row without Sebastian is not really Skid Row. I've tried numerous times listening to material. It doesn't click. Paul Stanley's voice is shot, so maybe it's time for him to stop. Warrant without Janie seems meh. Poison should put out some new stuff just to show us one last time the well of inspiration has truly dried up. Ah. He wants Poison to make an album just so we can shit on it. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the other thing, and his comments
1: made me laugh. That's hilarious. But in his statement, I have a feeling that if Sebastian Bach joins Skid Row tomorrow, And they put out an album of new material with Sebastian singing. And Janie Lane came back from the dead, God rest his soul. And he put out a record with Warrant and new material. People would shit on it. And here's why. Because these memories of this music is tied back to an era and year gone by. So we have emotional connections to that music. And nothing and no one is ever going to change that. Will some people go, yeah, I like this new record with Sebastian Bach. But there's going to be people out there that shit on it and go, ah, well, it's not as good as Slave to the Grind. Not as good as the first record. You and I both
0: know it, right? (laughs) It would not get much of a chance. I could tell you that. So Ronnie Y, I'm not even going to try the last name, had a very interesting comment here. He said, it'll be interesting when they perfect holograms. Think about Elvis and Tulsa on 56. Beatles at the Cavern in 63, Jimmy at Monterey Pop Festival 68, Kiss at Cobo Hall in 76, Prince of First Avenue in 84. Stephen, I haven't heard much about holograms lately. My guess is COVID kind of shut that down a little bit. You really think they're coming? I think it'll happen eventually.
1: Yeah. I mean, who knows when? could be 20, 30 years from now. We, I, I don't know. We may be dead and gone by the time that rolls around. But yes, I think eventually this will be a thing and I think it will happen because some brilliant kid 50 years from now is going to have a lot of money and is going to say, well, we got the technology now and the technology is improved now and I can make money with this. And so, yeah, I think you're going to see this eventually. Listen, I saw the Do hologram thing. And I enjoyed my night out. It was live music played by a live band with Dio once in a while, chiming in and, and singing. And they still had real singers and they still had real band. And it was a good night out for me. I enjoyed
0: it for what it was. So some other general comments we got. Righty, in my opinion, if they have one original classic lineup member and are still making new music, they're not a tribute band. Our buddy Keith Valcourt answered, which was great case by case. Generally, I feel like the original lead singer is part of the group, then rock on. Philip Yelda, any band touring is better than no band at all. Cherish the early years in the lineups. We're not kids anymore. And sooner or later, we're going to be seeing these CDs on the late night local stations. You remember those compilations when uh, you would hear like all the 70s artists, all their greatest hits on one like CD for what, $7.99, whatever, remember that? Yeah, KTEL. Yeah, there you go. Nicholas Grayton, I think Nostalgia Act is a more appropriate name. When was the last time these bands put out new material? And if so, how much of it gets played? Nicholas, there's a ton of new material. It doesn't get played. You're absolutely right about that. Jonathan Scott, I personally have to take each band individually to decide if it's a tribute or not. A band like Foreigner has to be labeled a tribute, although it's really an official tribute, so I don't hate on it. Kiss, I will never see as a tribute until it doesn't have Gene or Paul because Kiss isn't the first four members only. It's all 10 collectively. And then he's ready to fight people. His name is Jonathan Scott if you want to fight him. Uh, the water, the waters get muddied with some other bands. Warren felt more like a tribute when Janie was still alive and not in the band. But now that he's gone, can't say that anymore. Skid Row, of course, everybody loves the Bach fronted band, but I also understand why the guys don't want to work with them. So I give them a pass as well. I'm personally terrible and tend to lean towards band where the known front man generally gets the nod for me as the real version. It's wrong in many cases to have that opinion, but that's a face of classic band for me most of the time. It's hard to separate that. Bill Algy. Some of these bands never mattered to me in the first place. Thanks, Bill. For me, the lead singer is huge. I think the replacements can be fine at times, and at times it doesn't work where it works. Foreigner Kelly Hansen. Uh, Mick could retire tomorrow and they could continue to draw huge crowds. And I agree with that. I don't think it's Mick Jones that's pulling in the crowds. Then he went kind of through the bands. Kiss, he said. It's always been Gene and Paul, so no problem. Great White, he's a fused fan of. He said Jane Russell. I think he meant Jack Russell um, <laughs> instead of Mitch Malloy. Uh, rat, Piercy's rat to him. He also said it's time for Don to walk away and uh, you know go listen to Black Swan or End Machine. It's better. Uh, Warrant, Robert Mason is a badass filling in. I think everybody agrees with that. Scott Gull actually ranked them. So he ranked these bands best to worst based on the last 25 years. And his ranking was Queensryche, number one, Kiss, Warrant, Dockin, Foreigner, Skid Row, LA Guns, Rat, and at the end was Great White. He said, I've heard every album they've released over the 25 years. Just glad that I still have them around because 95% of the modern rock sucks. Yet four of those bands had multiple versions. And I guess they got to make a buck. He also wanted to add accept because they're better than ever as far as he's concerned. So good to hear all that. You know, we always got to do kiss and man was there kiss comments. You wanted the best, but you got the best.
5: The hottest man in the world, kiss!
4: It's time for your kiss Stewart moment on Growing Up Rock.
0: So you start talking about tribute bands and KISS gets a lot of mentions. So we'll go through a few of the comments from the listeners and then we'll give our take after the historic moment here. But George Durbin III said, KISS, they're 50% still original, so they can't really be in the tribute category. Honestly, look at a lot of the older bands and you'll find even the lineup that they're most famous for wasn't the original lineup, which you had said earlier. James Downing said, KISS should have followed the path they were on at Revenge. A lot of people like that era and I don't disagree, but they got to make a buck. Stephen Stacy said, I'm more focused today that my eight-year-old stepdaughter establishes her lifetime memories. He likes having her listen and taking her in her favorites like pink, but she did go to the end of the road tour and was stoked to see all the show in the pyro and didn't give two shits that it wasn't Asia Peter and their personas. And I think you would agree with that, right? You've heard that before. Correct. Sean Hammond, in my opinion, which means nothing. Sean, your opinion means something, buddy. Don't let anybody tell you different. At least half of the original members should be involved, including the vocalist and one other key member. In case of KISS, the current band has members from all eras, since some of these members were in past eras anyway. Nicholas Grayton, the only band I'm knowledgeable about is KISS. They still have Gene and Paul, which was driving force. It wasn't a problem in the 80s and 90s with different band members, so why should it be a problem now? People are just hung up on the makeup, which he gets, which everybody gets. Raymond Gallus. Ooh. Kiss is a hundred times better without the older guys. Raymond, dude, I'm almost there with you, but you might want to, uh, maybe end your Facebook account because you're going to get a lot of comments. Um, Current lineup, far superior musicians and allowed for wider range in the set list. Completely agree than the seventies oldies set list, which a lot of people would want. So, you know, we always play a Kiss song. I wanted to pick something off of Sonic Boom since it's the members of today. Sonic Boom came out. In 2009, it was a Walmart exclusive, so you can't really find it right now, but it was a three-disc set, and it was a, a disc of originals, a disc of Kiss Classics, and then like this six-song live DVD that they recorded in Argentina, one of the Kiss Classics. Yes, we are going to play a re-recorded version for all you haters out there with Eric Singer singing Black Diamond.
5: Out on the street for pictures you only begun come on, come on. got your under
1: Dun, dun, dun Fake. Cheater Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. People just hating on poor Tommy and Eric. You know, that version is pretty solid in terms of being re-recorded. It sounds better sonically. Uh, the only thing that I will say is that Peter's voice has a tad more rasp to it and a little bit more vulnerability in his voice at the beginning. So... I kind of like it, the original a little bit better, but I like the sound of this one. And your thoughts on Kiss New and Old? I get all the hate. I really do. But Gene and Paul are still there. They write all the stuff. I'm okay with that. And I think Tommy and Eric are both tremendous players, and they've kept that band going for much longer than I think they would have had it been the original guys still in the band. Uh, so that's my take on it. So you get to enjoy Kiss a little bit longer. And kind of like we were alluding to earlier, when Paul and Gene eventually go away, because they will eventually go away, do you want Kiss not to continue, even if they put the tribute band label on it or authorized? Uh, I don't know. What does Pink Floyd do? They put something, Pink Floyd puts something like authorized touring tribute band or something like stamp approval band do you want that not to happen at all because i personally think it's okay and the reason that i think it's okay is that it keeps the band and the history alive and it gets it out there to a much younger generation and that's important to me they better not try to charge me a hundred bucks to see it you know, but that's all I'm saying is I'll go out on a Friday night and see a Kiss tribute band that has the seal of approval from the band and maybe has a little, uh, extra oomph in their show or something, you know, and the music is performed flawlessly. And here's an important thing that they do some deeper
0: shit. Don't come out and just do the hits. That would drive me nuts. So as Paul would say, it all depends on when you got off the elevator, when you got on the elevator, it depends on, you know, what interview he's in. I got into Kiss in 84. So I don't have the same connection to the original four as the diehards do. That being said, Ace is my favorite member. And the last Ace album I enjoyed was Trouble Walking in 1989. Okay. So, you know, the last Kiss album I enjoyed, Revenge. I think the guys do a great job that are in the band now. I got no problem with it. They come out with 2.0. I'm good with 2.0. I'll go give it a shot because, you know, KISS nerds need something to talk about. I need zero new music from KISS. I'm telling you, people just want this new music so they can shit on it because it's not going to be good. You do not want new music from KISS. Let Monster be their last album. Just forget it.
1: That being said, we'll take a new record from Classic 78. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That makes
0: sense. Um, But yeah, Kiss is not a tribute band. I think just as somebody said before, they're hung up on the makeup. That's what it is. You people are dynamite! So nice little episode here. Interesting topic. Passionate for sure. Lots of opinions. Definitely not black or white. Yeah, I think uh, for the most part, it's the singer for me in very rare cases. If it's a distinctive guitar sound or I didn't like the singer, then that's not a tribute band to me. So I'll give you an example. Warren D. Martini goes out as rat and goes, and hires Jeff Scott Soto to be a singer. I'm good. That's not a tribute band to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I'll, I'll go back up to, uh, let me see if I can find it. Who was it that Steve, Steve Wright, in my humble opinion, if they have one original or classic lineup members uh, and are still making new music, they are not a tribute band. So I'd like to welcome you to Phil Rudd's ACDC. <laughs> without, without Brian Johnson
0: or Angus. In fact, they went out and got Mark Starachi to sing. (laughs) So it's not a tribute band. I will tell you, I have a pet peeve though. I don't care what original member is left. Unless it's the singer, no talking. I do not want to hear live from any other member of the band. The singer doesn't go in the corner and then the guitar player introduces the next song. I don't like that. I don't like it when Blotzer was doing it, right? Blotzer would start talking in the middle of songs, like, dude, shut up and play the drums, right? You hired a singer, let him be the MC and shut up. I don't like that no matter what. I don't like it when Tony talks and Johnny's the singer, really. We don't like it when Tony talks at all. <laughs> 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 oh, wait, was that out loud? Is this my God? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, But remember that was happening with lynch mob. They're all mumbling to each other, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what are you guys mumbling? Shut up. There's like 300 (laughs) people watching you right now. Yeah, that was awful.
1: I think that I play it safe and say I'm partial to the person that wrote or at least had a hand in writing the majority of the material because in most cases, nine times out of 10, that's pretty much going to be your singer and or your guitar player, right? So that's kind of the way I look at it. You know, unless you're Iron Maiden, where Steve Harris has a huge hand in writing everything, or Geddy Lee in Rush, but most of the time it's the guitar player and the singer or one or the other that does all the writing. And that to me is important, that that legacy, that anchor is there for the tunes that they're playing live. If you've got a guy that's playing absolutely, uh, nothing that he wrote and calling it, whatever the name of the band is, that's an issue for me.
0: So I want to let the listeners know, thank you for all of the feedback. Thank you for all of the comments. And you know what I just thought of? I want to thank Warrant, especially Eric and Joey for letting Robert do all the talking. Appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) I want
1: to thank all the listeners and all the people at the Grown Up rock loud minority Facebook group we've had great comments. I love these kind of conversations and I'll say it again. I really don't feel like there's a right or a wrong. It's purely opinionated. And as long as people are, uh, civil to each other and respect each other's opinions, then I'm great with it. And there were some really, really valid points on both sides of the fence for this conversation. And I love these kind of episodes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We just appreciate everybody tuning in. We hope we take an hour and a half uh, out of your uh, week and entertain you just a little bit and definitely play some music that you dig along the way. And we will see you guys next week. See you later.
4: Get ready to shuffle, rattle and roll. Play us out, boys.
2: The American dream. The big house. The happy family. The money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing?
5: What's the problem? What's the problem?
2: Would you lie? Would you cheat?
5: Would they shop? Would they shop?
2: Would you kill?
5: Yes. (laughs) My mom and dead. My mom and dad.
2: From Airship.